Hello everybody. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And uh, coming to you with another video tonight. Uh, this is another one in the uh, series on the end times. And um, that God led me to do tonight. And um, He dropped, dropped it in my spirit tonight. And uh, I want you to um, pay close attention to what I'm saying tonight in, in regards to the days that we're living in. And I want to show you something that um, you know, a lot of times when we think about the end times, we think about what it says in Matthew chapter 24 about, um, you know, many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and uh, but leading people astray with false doctrine and different, and different things. We think about the um, wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. That's some of the main things that we think of and that's some of the things that I've, you know, used in my sermons and stuff and preached on before about the last days. And those, of course, are signs and like I was saying last week signs in the heavens and signs in the moon and signs in the stars you know all, all these different things that we can that I could you know go into tonight to show you um, you know on, on those things just on those things alone but granted those are signs of the last days but there's something that that God showed me tonight that I hadn't really thought about it in this way or this manner before on how to to bring it out until tonight and um, I want you to uh, pay close attention to some of it tonight because you can see these things and it, it really shows you that, you know, that uh, and emphasizes on the times that we are in right now just in these, just in these two things that I'm going to bring out tonight. And um, it's something that we need to consider and something we need to take notice to because in all, all the things that's going on around us in the world today, in the economy and in the, um, you know, in, in the people's lifestyles and and all the abominations that's going on and different things in the world today is just alone, just in itself. Should we should see that we are truly living in the last days? We're living actually not just in the last days, but in the final hours or final moments. Because you got to look at it as from God's perspective and God's point of view. Granted, if it's if you know if the Lord came tonight and the tribulation, the uh, time of the Jews or the time of Jacob's trouble began which is a seven-year period, if that time began tonight, it's still seven years. So you would think, okay, living in the final moments or the, the final hours, how is that? But if you look at it from God's perspective, a day in, a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. So if, if a thousand years is as one day to God, then seven years or three years or four years or two years, it could be the the final hours and the final moments in God's perspective or in God's from God's point of view. As you got to remember, the Bible says, um, you know, day is as a thousand years. So from the time of creation till now is roughly six days in God's from God's view, six days from God's uh, perspective or from where God is sitting at on his throne and looking down on the earth. The amount of time that has taken place for him has only been six days, whereas for mankind has been six thousand years. So you got to keep that in mind and keep that in perspective. But in looking at what I'm what I'm telling you tonight, I'm focusing on the last days, the the time that we are living in, and um, and considering what's going on out in the world today. And like I said, pay close attention to what I'm going to bring out tonight with this. And uh, I'm going to be my opening scripture is going to be in Luke chapter 17, which is a chapter where Jesus is speaking of the last days. This is also um, also mentioned in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Those two chapters 
um, the one in Matthew and the one in, in Luke, they go together and where Jesus is speaking of the last days. So, in Luke chapter 17, verse 26, it says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. I'm going to pray before I get started tonight in the Word. I know I've already started, but um, now I'm getting into the message, and I want to pray before I get started. To Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to get on to get on Facebook and, and teach your Word, God, and to to put the message out there, God, that you have given me, that you have placed on my heart. But Lord, I can't do this without you, Jesus. I need you, God to speak through me, Lord, and give me the words to say that it be your words and not mine, God. Use me, Lord, as your vessel tonight, Lord Jesus, the vessel of honor to, to bring forth this message, God, to where to reach out to people out there listening, God, and touch them in their lives, Lord, and where they can feel, let them feel your spirit, Lord Jesus, as it goes across Facebook, Lord. And Lord, let it help each and every individual out there, God, to, to realize and to know how, how short time actually is, Lord, to where they will get their house in order, God, and where they will get ready, Lord Jesus. To And Lord, I thank you for it, Jesus, and I praise you, God. And Lord, if there's anybody out there watching tonight, Lord Jesus, and, and not just tonight, Lord, but in the future, Lord, any any time that this video is brought up, God, if there's anybody sick or anybody hurting in their body or anybody with a need in their life, Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to move in it, Lord. Heal their bodies, God. Take away the pain, Lord Jesus, and God, move in their situations and their circumstances. And God, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you for it, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Luke chapter 17, verse 26, says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. And what he's speaking of here is the last days, the last hours, the time that we're living in right now. And he says, as it was in the days of Noah. And when we see that, we think automatically of the times of Noah, you know, how they, how we think of how the, those times were, you know, and nobody knows exactly other than what is in the, the scripture and the Bible that we can read. And we could look at the book of Enoch and, and we could read that and all these other different books out there. But, you know, the, the, the canon or the scripture that we have in the Holy Bible, when we read just this alone shows us everything we need to know because we don't need to know every single bit of things that happened back in that day. The, the main thing we need to know is that they were not ready when the flood came. They they didn't have their house in order. They wasn't prepared. And the two things I'm going to show you tonight that that involves this and compare it to today's time and what we're what we're living in today and what we are seeing today will show you. And this is just the days of Noah because it also speaks of the days of Lot and, and the time of, of Lot and everything in his life was going on in his life is also going on today at the same time that the times of Noah. And there were some abomina- um, abominations going on in Lot's time. And i got to be careful about how I word things on here because I don't want this video to be taken down because of somebody not liking what I said. So I'll leave it at that as the abominations that was going on during that time and, and looking at those things and also... Looking to the two things I'm going to bring out tonight about Noah's day that's going on today. So considering all that, you know, you could you could um, you could go ahead and dive off into the book of Enoch and study all about the giants and everything and all that that was going on. But that's insignificant to what Jesus is speaking of here 
in in the Bible, the time of Noah's day, has nothing to do with the giants. Has nothing to do with with all that mess that was going on, and whether the whether it was angels with the the daughters of men, or whether it was Seth's, Seth's sons with the daughters of men. Regardless of any of all any of that, all of that is, is things that, that people just want to argue about. But the main perspective is what was happening in that day to where Jesus was referring to that is happening today in our time. And that's the two th- two main things, main, main topics that's going on today that I'm going to bring out to you tonight and show you to where you can see we are truly living in the time to where Jesus was speaking of, to where the coming of the Son of Man. We are very close to it, and it's it's right around the corner. And I want y'all to 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 try to get a hold of this tonight. And if you have to watch it a couple times or whatever, but in Genesis chapter six, if you look over in Genesis chapter six, verse five. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. So he looked down and he saw that the wickedness or the evilness of man was great in the earth. In other words, it was, it was getting to a point and to a level to where it was, it was extreme upon the earth. It was very great. It was, it was all earth, you know, all the way around the earth. And when he looked down and he saw that and he saw the wickedness of it, the word wickedness means the same thing as evil. They both, both of these two words mean the same thing. And it says, And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So in other words, the thoughts, the man's thoughts were continually, continuously evil. But I want you to grasp something here that it's speaking of. First of all, the, uh, first of all, wickedness and evil means, means bad, means evil naturally or morally. Okay, it means the, the naturalness of man or the morals of man are wicked or, or bad. They're corrupt. They're they're not good. They're not godly. Because anything that is not of God is evil and corrupt and wicked. And I know that a lot of people would argue that, but listen to me. There's only good and there's only evil. There's no neutral. There's no in between. There's no riding the fence. Jesus said that if you ride the fence, if you if you are lukewarm, if you are not cold or not hot, but lukewarm, meaning riding the fence, I will spew you out of my mouth Meaning he will puke you out. He will spit you out and you will be done. He's not going to mess with you. Because you can't be neutral. You can't ride the fence and expect to have the goodness of both worlds. Like a song that uh, years ago by a group called The Best of Both Worlds. You can't have the best of both worlds. The best of both worlds, uh, you, you can't be evil and good at the same time. You can't enjoy sin and enjoy the, you know, the things of God at the same time. You can't do that. It's, it's not going to work like that. You're either bad or you're good. You're evil or you're you're of God, all right. So the, so in considering that, there only being two things: either evil or or good, all right. So wickedness and evil means you're not of God, it means you're of the world. Okay. So it says uh, naturally or morally. In other words, naturally man was evil, which every man is born into sin. Okay, and then then comes uh, death and judgment, meaning if what you do in your life, whether you surrender to God and, and try to live a godly life and and live for God and, and you know turn away from your wicked ways or stay in your sin. That's the options that you have. So they're not they were naturally, meaning to them, their normal natural ways of life was bad. They didn't care about God. All they were concerned about is the wickedness and the evilness that they were doing and they were enjoying pleasures of sin. They were enjoying pleasures of worldly things and didn't want nothing to do with God. Okay, and now 
was there people of God back in those days? Yes, of course there was. Enoch, which is which is uh, Noah's grandfather, was he lived so such a righteous life and so close to God to where God took him out of the world because he was he was he he just took him up to be with him because he lived such a righteous and holy life. He didn't have anything to do with the sin, and and uh, they were preaching they were preaching the word of God. Now, were they preaching that there was a time of the incoming? Uh, possibly, I mean, um, Enoch spoke of the, our time in the last days. That, that behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of His saints, or thousands of thousands of His saints coming down into the earth. And he spoke of that back in his day. That's in the Bible. That's not in the book of Enoch or any of the other books out there. That's in the Bible itself where he speaks of that. So yes, there were godly people back then, and, and Noah came from a godly, from a godly family and from a godly lineage, which was which knew about God. And they knew about God. They knew by Adam. Adam told them about God. Adam passed passed everything down from generation to generation on down to Noah. And then when it came down to where it was just Noah sitting there, and God looked down, he he looked down at the the wickedness of the earth and what man was doing, and the sin and everything that was going on, and how man was. He was displeased. That's another definition of of wickedness and evil is displeasing to God. Living a life that God is displeased with. Something that He's not happy with. And it's wrong. Living a life that is wrong. They, they were living lives that was that was wrong in the eyes of God. They were wretched and adverse. It was an adverse and perverse generation. They were doing things that were not right. And they, they grieved God. And they, they were ill-favored. And another thing is noisome. Is noisome to God. You know what noisome means? That means it's, there's no pleasure in the sound that is coming. The, the sounds that is coming up into God's throne room and into His ears is noisome to Him, meaning it's just nothing but a bunch of noise. It's not something that He's pleased with listening to. Hearing the conversations of man back in those days, what was going on. And all down, not just in them days, but all down through the generations. Can you imagine the noise that has entered into the throne room of God? The noise of man's conversation that God is displeased with and has gone on for for thousands of years, six thousand years. I mean, think about it. Well, all that that was going on, but to, to for God to look down and at the earth in those days and see all this going on, and He's so displeased with it to where it grieves Him, and He 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 begins He begins to repent that He even created man, meaning He was He wished He would have never created man because it was the corruptness of the earth and the things that was going on, and He was about ready to wipe it out and destroy it. But in that every imagination. Now think about this. Every imagination. How, how, many, how many times do we have imag- imaginations today where something just comes into our head and we begin to dwell on it and imagine? That's what imagine, imagination means. It's something that comes into your mind and as you're thinking on it, you begin to dwell on it and you begin to contemplate it and, and you, you get caught up in your imagination in this, this dream that you're making up in your mind. So the imaginations, just the imaginations of man alone, just what they were thinking, their very thoughts alone, God was displeased with because of what it was. But but think about this. It's not just the imaginations of the mind. Okay, You, you have imaginations where, where some thought can drop into your mind just out of nowhere. You could be just be thinking about God and praising Him and worshiping Him. And then all of a sudden you just you get a moment to where you just you kind of pause and all of a sudden just this crazy thought just pops in your head out of nowhere. Maybe you all of a sudden get a thought of wanting to go to Wendy's and get you a triple hamburger or something. That's that's just a thought that pops in there. All right? That's not an imagination. 
And imagination is when you take that thought and you begin to dwell on it and you begin to contemplate it and look at it from multiple from multiple directions and you dissect it and wonder about it and you try to figure it out and all this stuff, that's where the imagination begins to take place because your mind begins to just dwell on it in such a, in such a way to where it engulfs you and it swallows you up in, in your mind. Okay, so the imagination, right? But it says the imaginations of the thoughts. Okay, the imaginations of the thoughts. But it's not, it's not the thoughts from here. Pay attention to what the Word says. That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, meaning this area in here where God's supposed to dwell, but the, instead of God dwelling there is the perverseness and, and the worldly things and the evilness and the wicked and corruptness is dwelling in their heart. So they have taken all of this of the, of the world and of the, of the evil spirits and the evilness and the devil and everything and all these, all this mess that was going on back in that day and they were consumed by it in their heart to where it began to feed their mind these imaginations. So the thoughts, the, the imaginations came from the thoughts of their heart. But the thing is, is it was only evil continually. Meaning they continually dwelt on things that God was not pleased with because they were evil. They were wicked. They were corrupt. They, all they could think about is how they could kill somebody or, or things, you know, how they could destroy something or how they could, could just make things so bad and make things so evil and do things that was corrupt. Now you want, you think about this now. When you think about, when you think about Cain, when Cain killed Abel, he, he had a, he all of a sudden became Wrought, came wrought with God. In other words, he hated God. He got to the point to where, because God was displeased with his sacrifice, he began to become angry with God, and, and he began to hate God. And then he ventured away, off into a, a different land, and he built this great, huge, beautiful city. And all of his generations, all of his, you know, the descendants of Cain, were brought up by Cain's evilness and corruptness, and because of his hatred toward God. So all of his children and all of his descendants had that particular seed planted in their life from what Cain had in his. So from that day forth, that's what happened with Cain. So imagine over a 2,000 year period, the wickedness and the evilness brought on because of that, because of, of Cain and, and his feelings towards God being brought down from generation to generation just in his lineage alone. And then all that beginning to spread amongst all the people... So now you have all these people having these evil thoughts. Now in thinking about that and considering that, now think about today's time and what is happening today. The thoughts of men, the imaginations of the thoughts of men's heart and where it is at today. Now I'm not talking about the Christians. I'm talking about the people that, that are out there that, that don't want nothing to do with God. The people that, that they just want to do their own thing and live their own life. They don't care about God. They don't care about any of that. They want their way. Their way or nobody else's way. And I got to be careful about how I say this. I can't point fingers at anybody because, like I said, I don't want this video to be taken down because of somebody getting upset with something that I'm saying. Now I'm telling you the Bible right now. I'm, I'm speaking truth to you, but I'm not pointing fingers at anybody or anything like that. But if you open your eyes and look around and pay attention, and if you if you're a Christian today and you're living a Christian life today, and you have the knowledge of God in your life and know what the Word of God says, and you look around you out there in the world today, you can see, if you open your eyes and pay close attention, that what I'm saying is true. That the thought, the very imaginations of the thoughts of the heart of man today is very evil and very wicked, and it grieves God. The things that are going on. 
and you know bringing things into the church that's not right and not of God. It's things that things like that. It just is not right. You take the holy tabernacle of the holy place of God, the very holy. What I mean by the holy place, the holiest of holies, is where God comes down and He dwells amongst His people during a church service, to where He deals with the hearts and lives of men and deals with the souls, and He tugs at their heart and draws them unto salvation. That very sacred place of God there in the tabernacle and the house of God, which is the church. I'm speaking about the gathering place of the saints of God. And they want to corrupt it with things that they put in that house of God that is not a, that is not right in corrupting the sanctuary. If they would have done that back in back in Moses' day in the wilderness and back in the day of the temple that was built in, the, in Jerusalem during Solomon's day and from that day forth until the tabernacle was destroyed, if they would have went into that holiest of holies, there was one man went in there and, and thought he was going to be a, a high priest, but he wasn't a priest. And he should have never stepped foot in there. He got leprosy in his forehead because he disobeyed and went in there. Think about if God looked down today and got fed up with it and tired of what they're doing in churches today. What would happen? It would be a horrible thing. But you see, we got people that they don't care about that. All they care about is what they want. What they want to do. What, they, what they're pleased with. You don't take the sanctuary and the holy place of God and put things in it that is not right. That is that God does not like, especially things that are abominations. But you don't take, you don't put things in the holy place of God, in that holy place where God deals with men's hearts, and to where it's supposed to be a delivering of the word of God, brought forth to, to go and change people's lives, and to deal with their heart and to draw them unto salvation. That's what it's about. It's not about pleasing yourself. It's not about going in there and doing things that pleases the flesh. It's things that should be pleasing to God. We're doing. We're going in there to gain strength in the Lord amongst each other, from each other, and to to worship and love God. And that's what it's all about. That's what, at our church. You we don't even we don't we don't even talk in the sanctuary when we walk in there. We don't have conversations about what's going on in the world out there or what's going on in our lives. We wait until we're done until we get out of the church. Go do it in the the the, the kitchen area or outside. You don't carry on. We don't carry on conversations in the, the temple area, that holy place where God comes and comes down and dwells among us, and He comes down and heals people and saves people and deals with people's hearts and fills people with His Spirit. That's what it, that's what that is for. But the the very the very thoughts and the the very imaginations of the thoughts of the hearts of men today are not of God. They're of the worldly things. They're, they're things that that God's not pleased with. The, the holy holy area of God, that holy tabernacle area where His Word comes forth and feeds us and nourishes our spirit, the spirit man inside of us, that is a holy place. It's a sacred place. And that's what it, it needs to be strictly about God in that, in that area. The, everything else that goes on in your life can be talked about outside. can be talked about outside of the church. Not in the church. Not, especially not in that holy area where God dwells. Where He dwells among us. And that's, think about that. You know, the people back in, Noah, back in Noah's day, alright? That's one of the things that is going on today. That's one of the signs today. Is the imagination of the thoughts of his heart is only evil continually. People out there, that's, their thoughts, their imagination, of, and the things coming out of their heart is only evil continually, constantly. They don't care about God. They don't care about anything about God. All they care about is things of the flesh and, and sufficing the flesh. Now, 
I want to show you something here. Like I was saying about good and evil, see another thing that happened in, in Noah's day is their evil had reached its mark. You see, God has a cup in heaven called a cup, in, a cup of indignation. And it has to do with the evilness and the wickedness of man. And when that cup reaches its fullest, its fullness level, that's when God's had enough. And that's when He's, he's had enough of it. And that's when he's, His judgment falls. And you can see some of that happening with some of the things, some of the big catastrophes that's happened in the world, even in our time. And it's, you know, uh, catastrophic levels where God's, where wrath has hit, hit countries, hit nations, hit cities because of the wickedness and things that is going on and stuff. And, and um, there's several different ways you could look at it. You could look at it as being a natural, just a natural catastrophe, just something natural happened. You know, but I don't, I don't look at it that way. Because I'm going to tell you something. God can change the natural. He can change, he can change your circumstance. He can alter situations. He can alter things to where, where the disasters doesn't happen. But if we keep our, if we don't turn to Him, if we don't hit our knees and repent and turn from our wicked ways, He will not heal our land. He will not change it. He will not change the circumstance. Because He's not going to change Himself for us. We have to change for Him. God doesn't change. God says, "I change not." From the from the day from day one to the end, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and He's not going to change. But He can alter your circumstance. He can alter the circumstance and the situations of the world today. He could, if, if man would hit his knees and repent and turn from his wicked way and turn from those wicked ways that he's in, God could heal this land. God could heal everything. He could straighten, straighten everything out. He could fix it. But we got too many people out there that they don't care about God. They don't want nothing to do with God. They're stiff-necked. They're stuck in their own way. All they want is what they want. And their own pleasures and their own um, their own lust fulfilled. They don't care about God. Not one bit. And they don't care about anybody else that's going to suffer because of their wrongdoing. And the whole world is going to suffer because of it. That's why today we need to keep our eyes focused on God and watch towards God. Us ourselves as Christians, we need to make sure that our heart is filled with the Spirit of God, not with not with things of evil and things of wickedness and things that are not of God. We need to make sure that our lives are ready to where God will be pleased with us when He looks down upon us instead of looking down upon us and being upset because of our actions and because of our thoughts and our imaginations of our heart. We need to get all that uncleanness, all that wickedness, everything that is not of God out of our heart and cleanse ourselves, cleanse our hearts and make sure that we're ready, make sure that we're right, make sure that God is pleased with us when He looks down. So one of the things today, point number one for today's time that we're living in, some of the things to look at, to see that we are living in the times of the coming of the Son of, the coming of, the Son of Man, which the Son of Man is the coming of Jesus Christ back to the earth, is that the imagined, the Every imagination of the thoughts of the heart of man is evil continually. Meaning their thoughts, their very thoughts are evil and corrupt. And their imaginations, what the, the things they dwell on, are evil and wicked and, and corrupt. And like I was saying, there's good and evil. There's no in-between. There's no right in the fence. Now if you look over Matthew chapter 24, this is the second point that I'm going to bring out. Matthew chapter 24 Verse 38 and 39 says, For as in the days that were before the flood, 
those days, as it was in those days before the flood, before the, the great waters come over the earth. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Think about that. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. What does that mean when you think about that? Does that mean that they were just uh, being gluttonous and eating themselves until they're so, you know, um, so big to where they just abuse abuse food? Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, I gotta be careful the way that I say this because I know some people have problems with their weight. But what I'm referring to is being a glutton, meaning to where they just indulge in food so much to where um, they they abuse it. And that, that can be done. It can be um, that can be a bad thing. But is that what that's referring to here? That they were just eating that away, being gluttons? No, that's not what that means. And that they were drinking. Does that mean that they were just getting drunk all the time and partying it up? No, that's not what that means. Granted, there was people doing that and marrying and giving in marriage. When you take and sum all this up, that they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, it means that they were just going on with their lives. Nonchalantly not caring one bit, they were watching this man build a huge boat, calling him all kinds of crazy names, I'm sure, telling him, you know, you're building a boat because it's going to do what? There's going to be a great water come over the earth? What are you talking about, Noah? Are you crazy? I could just see, I could just hear them, those things that they are saying to him, you know, and, and making him feel... Like a complete fool out there doing this. Building a boat for what? You know, the ground is dry. You know, there's no water going to come up. There's never been no water come up like that. Not that big of water where you're talking about it's going to kill everybody on the earth. What are you talking about? You're going, you're crazy, Noah. And just imagine that what they were telling him and the things that were going on. But they just went on and carried on about their way. Just eating and drinking and marrying and giving marriage like nothing was going to happen. Just living their lives like, you know, any old way. Not, not one care on life of what was going on around them. Not listening to the warnings that was going on. Methuselah, his name meant when he, when he dies, it shall come. So if he was, if he was named that name, Methuselah, when it, when he dies, it shall come. Then that tells me personally, alright, when I think about that, that tells me personally, considering who Enoch was and what happened with Enoch, okay, and God took him because he, he was so pleased with Enoch's life. Enoch was a preacher of the gospel, or not the gospel, a preacher of the future and, and trying to tell people to live right and warning them of something that was coming. And he named Methuselah the name that meant when he dies it shall come. Think about that. So being a, a preacher warning people of a flood coming, warning people of a great deluge that's going to come and going to cover the entire earth, God's going to annihilate the entire earth because He's not pleased with it, was being told them, but yet they didn't listen and they didn't care and they just kept on doing their own thing, just living their own life. Oh, I don't care about that. You're crazy. You're talking foolishness. This ain't going to happen. Just like today, people say, well, the days or today are just like it was back in Noah's day, back before the flood. And yet you want to tell us that Jesus is coming back soon and that all this is going to happen? You want to, you want to keep telling us that? We've been hearing that and hearing that and hearing that, but who cares? That's what people's, that's people's mentality today. This is exactly what happened in Noah's day 
people were looking at are looking at us saying we're stupid because and saying we're crazy, saying that that ain't happening. The forefathers have been saying that all this time, and it still ain't happened. We're still here. It's still going on. All this is still happening. I had a guy tell me that he didn't believe in God because all the children that's being abused and being hurt and all that that's going on in the world today, how would God let something like that happen? But does that mean that there's not a God because these things are happening? Think about it. God is out there. He does exist. He is alive. And He's alive forevermore. And He's coming back. And He's going to come back and judge those who don't want nothing to do with Him. He's going to come back and judge those that are evil and doing things that are evil and doing things that they're doing in the world today. <laughs> whether you want to believe it or not, See, the people that don't want to believe, one day they are going to believe. They're going to see it with their own eyes. They're going to bow before Him and say that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They're going to bow and say that Jesus is Lord. But if they don't bow now and they bow then, it's going to be too late. If you don't hit your knees today and repent today and turn from your wicked ways and allow God to change you and to change your life and allow Him to be Lord of your life and live your life to your best ability for the Lord today and accept that, that free gift of salvation from Him and let Him change you and make you into a new creature. If you don't do that today, it's going to be too late when you die and when you leave this world one way or the other and stand before Him. It's going to be too late then to say, Lord, forgive me. It's going to be too late then to surrender to God. Because at that point, it's, you're beyond that point of hope when you stand before Him on Judgment Day. There's going to be a lot of people that's going to be disappointed and going to be very upset and going to be very sad and very, um, very hurt one day because they didn't listen and that they told the preacher he was a fool for telling them that God is real and for telling them that God does exist and for trying to warn them what's coming on the world. Just like tonight, this video, I'm warning people, anybody that watches this, what's coming on the world today. We are approaching the final hours of, of, of the time of the Gentiles and the church age. And we're coming up upon the end of it very rapidly, whether you want to believe it or not. And God's fixing to turn back to the Jews for the time of Jacob's trouble for seven years. And the, the, the hell on earth is going to happen and be taking place then at that time. You better be ready. You better be ready is what I'm saying. When the trumpet sounds, you better be ready because we're going home one day. Don't wait. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Don't put off salvation till tomorrow. If you don't know Christ tonight, if you're not living for Him tonight, if you're not ready to go, I suggest that you hit your knees and ask God to forgive you. And I suggest that you ask Him to come into your heart and come into your life and change you, make you a new creature in Him and turn your life over to Him and let Him make you somebody that is, that is pleasing to God. And turn away from your wicked ways. Turn away from those things that God's not pleased with. Turn away from those things that God looks down upon and is grieved because of what you're doing. And displeased with what you're doing. And turn to Him and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, God. Lord, come into my heart, Jesus, and make me a new creature. Lord, I surrender to You, God. Change my life. God, turn me into somebody that You are pleased with. Because there's only two things. There's only two ways you can be. Either of God or not of God. You need to be of God. Because we have a, a great future ahead of us. It's not going to be here on this earth. 
It's going to be on a new earth, a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be brought down in the very end. God's going to wipe away the old earth that's corrupted with sin. This old earth that we're living on right now is corrupted with sin. It's dying. This old world is dying. Ever since Adam and Eve in the garden ate of the forbidden fruit, and everything began to die at that point from that day, not just, not just Adam and Eve, not just mankind, but the earth itself began to die. The universe, the solar system, the whole creation of God began to die at that point. And it's rapidly approaching that final hour and that final day when God says that's it. And He's going to wipe everything away. All, everything that's corrupted with sin. And He's going to wipe it all out of existence. And He's going to speak into existence a new heaven and a new earth. And man's going to come down and dwell upon a fresh, clean, perfect earth that's not corrupted with, with sin. Not corrupted with evilness. And that's where man's going to dwell. And man's going to live. That's us. Us. All of us. That's for all eternity. And God come down and dwell with us just like He did with Adam and Eve in the garden in the very beginning. And He's going to set it up just like it was in the beginning. It's going to be perfect. Everything perfect. Just like it was in the beginning before the fall. And that's what, we're li- that's what we got to look forward to. We don't have nothing to look forward to in this world in a, in a life of, of, of sin and a life of carnality. A life of the flesh. No, we're just passing through this land. We're pilgrims passing through. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Our home is a heavenly home. It's a new world that we're heading towards, a new a new place in God that we're headed towards. That's our that's what we're living for. That's what we're approaching. That's what we're heading to. We're just passing through this world here. This is a training for what's to come. I've heard somebody say that like that before. But in going back to this, looking back to this, it says for as it was in the days of for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. See, even when Noah entered into the ark, they were still just carrying on and living any old way. And knew not until the flood came and took them away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. See, man's not going to change. He's going to keep right on going. Keep right on living. Even when the church is taken out, they're still going to keep right on going like nothing happened. Not taking heed to any of the warnings. Think about that. It's it's the way that's the way it's going. The man that's the way man is. There's people in this world today that that they don't have not one thought at all about God. They they don't care about him. They they don't all they think about is just what they want to do. And in a little bit of time here and there that God possibly deals with their mind and heart and deals with them and tries to talk to them, tries to tell them something, they just brush it off like it's nothing. They might sit and listen to it. If it's somebody telling them that, somebody led by God telling them and explaining, trying to explain something to them and trying to show them. And yet they'll, they'll sit there and listen to it, but just go in one ear and out the other. And then they not take heed to it, not even think of one moment about it. And just go on and live their life without any old care. Without any, just the same way it happened in Noah's day. They didn't care. They didn't care that the man was trying to warn them and trying to tell them. All the animals that God brought to the ark listened. They listened quite clearly when God spoke to them and told them, go get on the ark. And the animals went and got on the ark. And when God turned to Noah and said, that's it. Enter the ark. It's just you guys. Just your, you and your sons and y'all's wives. That's it. Get on the ark. Nobody else is listening. And even gave them a few moments there after Noah and his sons got on the ark. And then God closed the door. And at that time it was too late. When he closed the door, the people that were left on the earth at that time had nowhere to go. 
when the waters began to fall and the waters began to rise, as the water rose up and got above the highest peak, the Bible says 20 feet above the highest peak, there's no hope. That was it. Can't hold on to the side of the ark. It's smooth. The way God had Noah made it, make it. But the judgment came. Man wasn't ready. They didn't care. They didn't take heed to the warning. That's the same thing that's happening today as mankind's not taking heed to the warnings. The warnings are out there. The warning signs are out there. I could go and tell you even more things. The wars and rumors of wars and threats from the from country to country and with distress amongst the nations with a perplexity. Signs in the sun, moon and stars, all those different things. I could get I could sit down and explain all that to you. But that's not what I'm teaching tonight. I'm just taking these two points to show you what is happening out there today. It's pointing towards the coming of the Lord. Because of the way mankind is out there. These two things as it was. Jesus spoke these things to his disciples for them to put down in the Word of God, for us to look back on today and say, this is what Jesus said. And I can see this out there right now that Jesus said to His disciples back in that, back 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be, just as it was in the days of Noah. And that's not even talking about Lot. And that's not talking about any of the other things that Jesus warned us about. That he told us in his word. Just those two things from the from Noah's time could show you today what we're living in. And in Romans chapter eight, I want you to read this. Romans chapter eight. You see, there's another thing that people say. You know, well, I'm a good person. That's what they'll say. I'm a, I'm a good person. I live a good life. I'm good to people. I give to the poor. I give to the needy. You can do all those things. You could be the best person in the world. But if you haven't surrendered to God, if you haven't said, Lord Jesus, here I am, Lord, take me, use me. The, what God could do with you, being that good of a person, if you would totally surrender to Him and allow Him to lead and guide and direct you and allow Him to show you what He wants you to do, you could be an even greater person for God. You could be the best person in the world. There was a guy that came up to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to obtain eternal life? And he said, "What does the Bible tell you to do? What does the word? What does the law? What does the word of God tell you to do?" More or less, what back then? What they had back then? What does that tell you to do? Which was the Torah? What did it tell you to do? And he said, "I have done all those things. The commandments, all the commandments. I've done them from my youth. I have. I'm a good person. I've honored my mother and father." I've had no other gods before you. All these different things. All those things that they were taught back then. The, the Ten Commandments that was given to Moses. He said he'd done all those things. Even from his youth. His mommy and daddy was honored with him because he was such a good individual. But Jesus told him to sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the man walked away sorrowfully because he had great treasures and had great things. He couldn't surrender to God, basically, is what was happening here. He couldn't surrender to the Lord. It's not about how good of a person you are. Like I said, you could be the best person in the world, but if you don't have God living inside of you, if you haven't surrendered to Him and allowed Him to change you and allowed His Spirit to come inside of you and live and dwell and live within you, you've missed out. You've missed it. It's not about being good. 
one of two things. Either good, either of God, or not of God. Verse 5 here in Romans chapter 8 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Meaning if you're of the flesh, if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, the only pleasing that you're doing is you're pleasing and, and, and satisfying the flesh that you are living and walking in. But you see, it doesn't have to do with the flesh. The flesh wants treasures. The flesh wants treasures evermore. The flesh wants its own glory. The flesh wants things that's going to satisfy the flesh. That's what the flesh wants. And if you stay surrendered to the flesh all the time, then you're only going to be giving that satisfaction to the flesh. You're not going to be giving to the Spirit. You're not going to be doing things that is pleasing to God. You're going to be doing things that only pleases the flesh. Let's put it this way. If you... That man that God was speaking to there, he had obeyed the law. He had done all the things from his youth. He had been a, uh, everything that the law told him to do. Right? He honored his mother and father. He done all those things. He didn't covet his neighbor's stuff. But he had many treasures and he hoarded them up. But there's people out there in need. People out there that's needing. People out there that's hungry. People out there that, that are living under a bridge. People out there that doesn't have shelter over their heads. People that have that doesn't have anything and that are starving to death. And, and people, think about all the people that are hurting out there because of those things. But yet we have people today that have so much money that even their great, 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 great grandchildren will never spend it all. Especially the way the world's going today. But they hoard up all this money. they got to have it. they got to have more. They get to where they get so greedy and want all of this substance that they're going to leave all behind one day. When they could take a very minor portion for them, all right. Think about it: billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars, multi-billionaires. Just a portion, a small portion of their money could change so much. But yet, they could be the best person in the world. Give to charities, give to this, give to that. But they're hoarding up so much that they're never going to spend it in their lifetime. And neither are the grandkids or their grandkids or their grandkids. But yet there's people out there that they could help and a difference that they can make in the world today if they would allow God to change their heart and deal with them. That's what this is referring to here. That's why, that's why the, the, that person had a problem with what Jesus said when He said, sell everything that you have and give to the poor, give to the needy. And take up your cross and follow Me. That's what he told him. And because of having to do that, he said, I can't do that. And he walked away. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's what we have going on today. People would rather mind the things of the flesh. Not worry about the things that are spiritual, but mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit which that word spirit there has a capital S, which that means it's the Spirit of God. Not just any spirit, but it's the Spirit of God. But they that are after the Spirit of God, the thing, they mind the things of the Spirit of God. And that's what that's saying here. So there's only mind the things of the flesh or mind the things of the Spirit of God. That's what that says here. And to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life 
and peace. You will have peace if you have if you're spiritually minded. If you have the spiritual mind of God, you'll have peace. If you allow God to change your life and allow Him to to lead, guide, and direct you, you will have peace. But you're not going to have peace without God in your life. You can have all the money in the world, but you will not have peace if you don't have God. You can be the richest man in the world, but you will not have peace if you don't have God. That's something to think about. When I was working at this uh, one ranch, and there was a a, uh, a rich man out there that got sick when they were out um, doing the things that they were doing on that ranch on the Saturday. And I don't want to go into too much detail. There's no reason to go into too much detail. But one of the other guys that, that was working with that rich with that rich guy had to give him a ride home, but then they needed somebody to bring that other guy home. So they had me follow after follow the guy follow the the uh, the two people to the rich man's house. And when we got to the rich man's house, and and I walked up to the door with the other person, but while we were walking up to the door, just the attitude that this man had. And he he was very disgruntled. He was very uh, aggravated and irritated. Very unhappy individual. And we got to his, his door and he went in and he told his butler in a very um, very hateful voice. He told him to take care of the of the guy that, that had drove him there. And he went on up the stairs and the butler even come down. Even his attitude was very disgruntled and very hateful and very like very unhappy. They were very unhappy individuals is what I'm getting at. But yet he had all this money to where he didn't, he wasn't wanting anything. Had everything he could possibly want. But yet he was so unhappy in his life. Why was he unhappy? Well, I believe it's because he didn't have God in his life. He had all that money, had everything he could ever possibly want. What did he need God for? But he was a very unhappy individual. But that was somebody who was minding the things of the flesh and not the things of the Spirit. So that's what... That's that's one of the bad things about minding the things of the flesh instead of minding the things of the spirit. You can have all the money in the world, but you won't be happy without God in your life, and that's that's a fact. But <clears throat> thinking about that, turn with me over to Genesis again. Genesis chapter six. During all this time, when God looked down on the earth and He seen all these things going on. And seen all the evilness and the wickedness of mankind, and it had grieved him, and he had he repented that he had even formed, even made man. He repented of it. He said, you know, he was very grieved and upset that he made man, and wish he hadn't made man. But as he's looking throughout all the earth and seeing all this going on, something caught his eye. There was this one man standing there with his family, and standing there, and he looked down and saw Noah. And when he looked down and saw Noah, he said, But Noah, when he saw him, found grace in the eyes of God. Verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Looking through all of this, and looking at all the things that upset God, and all the th- all the sin going on, and all the stuff that, that God was displeased with, one man caught his eye. And as one man that was being obedient to the Lord. And he was trying to keep his life as clean as possible. And living, trying to live a righteous life for the Lord. And that one man found grace in the eyes of God. Don't you want to find grace in the eyes of God tonight? Finding grace in the eyes of God. See, when God looked down on Noah, the word grace means the divine influence on the heart 
and its reflection in the life. What that means is that Noah was trying to live his life to be obedient to the Lord, to be pleasing to God. From what he was taught from down from the times of Adam, what was brought down from generation to generation from Adam, down to Noah, of things to, to do that God is pleased with, and trying to live a life that God is pleased with. That's what Noah was doing. So he was following that divine influence that was given to Adam and was passed down through generations down to, to Noah. And then following that divine influence in his life, it reflected back to God the things that God was pleased with because he was being obedient to the Lord. And he's being obedient in the things that God was trusting him with. So when he looked down and he saw him, it changed his mind about wiping out all mankind and wiping out everything. And instead he said, I'm going to deal with Noah to build an ark to save anybody that wants to get on from the judgment that's coming on the earth, from the great floods of waters that's coming on the earth. When we, when he looks down upon us and he sees us being trying to live a life obedient to him and following after him and allowing his divine influence, you see, Noah... We have the Spirit of God today. We have the Holy Ghost today that, that's supposed to be living within us that influences us from the divine with the divine nature of God. In other words, God's influence being directly into our focused into our lives through the Spirit of God. And it helps us to live a life that God is pleased with. And when we live that life that God is pleased with, then that reflects back to God His divine influence on our lives. So when he looks down and sees us, he's seeing a reflection of what he's influencing us, the things that he's influencing us and how to live. And that's something to think about. And that's what Noah, when God looked at Noah, he saw that reflection of his divine influence on Noah's life, that Noah was being obedient to him. If God looked at you today, looked down upon your life today, would he be pleased with what he's seeing? Would he see the reflection of his divine influence in your life? That's something to think about. If God looked at you today, looked down upon you where you're at today, and where you're sitting at this evening, or whatever time of the day that it is that, it is that you watch this video, if God looked down at you today, would he see the reflection of his divine influence in your life? Or would he see the nature of carnality? That has influenced you. That's something to think about. I want to be pleasing to God. I want God to look down on me and be pleased with what He sees. I want Him to see the divine. His. I want Him to see the reflection of His divine influence in my life when He looks down upon me. Because I want Him to be pleased with me. I want Him to be happy with me. That's something to think about because we are living in the time that Jesus spoke of, as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. That's the day and time we're living in. And it's rapidly approaching the finish line. And we have to be ready to where when He does step out there and blows that trumpet, that trumpet sounds, and with a shout of the archangel and the voice of God and calls His people up onto the clouds, we got to be ready to where, to where we won't miss that. To where we won't miss that mark. To where we won't miss that when He, does, when he steps out there and calls His church home. we got to be ready. And when He looks down upon us, He needs to see that we are allowing Him to influence our lives. To where He, he, he will see that we're allowing Him 
to lead God and direct us unto righteousness, all righteousness. That's a that's a hard word for some people to swallow, as the word righteousness, because people want to suffice the flesh instead of living a life that God is pleased with, and that's where righteousness comes in. We are supposed to strive for righteousness, the righteousness of God. We should hunger after righteousness and thirst after righteousness. We, that's what we should be wanting in our lives. But I hope this helped you tonight. I hope I hope that you um, I hope you get something out of this. And if you're not if you're not saved tonight, if you don't know who the Lord is, I suggest that you hit your knees and and ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Ask Him to come into your heart and and change you. And ask Him to forgive you of your sins and and to come into your life and make you a new creature in Him. And allow Him to, to change you and make you a new creature in Christ. And that's that's something that we have to we have to be ready. We have to know who God is. We have to allow Him to lead God and direct us. And and um, there's nothing left in this world for for a future unless God changes it. And the only way I see that happening is if, if the entire world took and turned from their wicked ways and hit their knees and repented and asked God to change them and turn from, and then He'll hear from heaven and come down and heal our land. But um. So if you don't know who He is tonight, I ask you to to seek after the Lord. Seek after God. And ask Him to come into your heart and change you. So, and, um, in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah. So I hope you enjoyed this tonight. If it's done anything for you, if you if you got anything out of it, I ask you to, to share it and help me get the word out. And Because uh, there's people on your friends list that would never see this if they don't if you don't share it because if they're not friends with me they won't see it on, on they won't see it on my feed yeah, but my feed everything that I put up here is public it's uh, for anybody out there can watch it I don't I don't make it private I don't make it friends only because I want to get the word out I want I want this to go out and help people and help people in their lives I want this to go out and help people to know who God is and help them there may be somebody out there that, that only this video could reach because they don't they don't step foot in a church house they might have got hurt somewhere in a church somewhere. So I ask you to share it and help me get the word out. And um, hope you guys, guys enjoyed this. And, and I'm going to pray before I get off here tonight. And uh, Lord Jesus, God, I thank you, Lord, for using me. And Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for speaking through me, God, and for helping me with this video, Lord, and giving me the words to say, God. And Lord, I ask you, Jesus, if there's anybody out there, Lord, that hears this, God, and that don't know who you are, Lord, I ask you to deal with their heart, God. I ask you, Lord, to reach to them, Lord, and and tug at their heart, Lord Jesus, and let them know, God, that you that you're there, Lord. Let them know, Jesus, that you're there by by entering into their presence, Lord, where they're at, God, and dealing with them, and and letting allowing angel wings to brush up against them, God, to to where they can feel your presence, Lord, and and surrounding them, Lord, your love and your mercy, God, and your your grace, Lord, and your sweet, wonderful presence, God. And Lord, I thank you for it, Jesus. Lord, I ask you, God, to save them, Lord. Deal with them, Lord, God. And Lord, if anybody out there, Lord, is hurting in their bodies, God, or needs you, Lord, to move in any situation, God, or any circumstance, Lord, whether it be their finances, Lord, whether it be their family members, Lord, that need saved, God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to deal with them, Lord, Jesus, and reach to them, God, and move, Lord, in every need, Lord, in every everybody's life that they have out there, Lord. God, I ask you, Lord, to move in it, Jesus. 
and let people know, God, that you're still still working today, Lord. That you're still, Lord, that you're long suffering, God, till till the, that last person, God, that you're dealing with comes in, Lord. And God, just let them know, Lord, that you're still in control of all things, God, regardless, Lord, of what happens in their lives, Lord Jesus. And God, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord. And where comfort is needed, God, Lord, I ask you to comfort. And Lord, where healing is needed, Lord, I ask you to heal. And Lord, where where finances are needed, God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to open the portals of heaven, Lord, and pour out a blessing upon them, God. Fill their cup, Lord, where it's overflowing, Lord, Lord, to help everyone around them, God. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, amen. Thank you for watching and um, love you guys and God bless.